Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have a season preview to get to. That's season preview, uh, quote-unquote, at an asterisk, whatever, because obviously this is a uh, Milwaukee Bucks-centric show anyhow, so in a way, I seen pretty much everything that we've spoken about since the championship uh, a season preview but that's been a particular particular focus in um, the NBA media lately so I figured I would make sure I uh, dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's um, right now according to DraftKings and points bet the Milwaukee Bucks uh, went over under is 54.5 games uh last year we were on a uh 52 win pace um winning uh 46 games uh out of 72 in our uh shortened season last year uh the two over under shows that i listen to uh from my uh usual outlets were uh Z- sam Fasini's game theory uh, podcast with uh, Robbie Calland and then um, part of me oh Danny LaRue's uh, show on Real GM Radio uh, the name of his guest uh, escapes me at this moment I don't want to botch it uh, out of respect but they both were taking the over um, particularly the Game Theory podcast was uh, emphatically placing the bucks over putting them uh forget exactly what they called it but basically let's say they put it on their sheet in terms of best bets that they would be winning willing to put money on the bucks winning uh 55 or more games um danny and his guests were a bit divided i believe danny was slightly more pessimistic but he still would have picked the over even if he wouldn't have uh chosen to put money on it um i would tend to agree with it i think the bucks are a at least a better regular season team with acquiring grayson for um for a bargain in the absence of dante whom uh i don't foresee him missing a ton of time but there's a little more ambiguity there um there's also uh, coming out of camp, both Dante and Giannis did not participate in five-on-fives at the beginning of a training camp. So uh, there is more mystery than Bucks fans might have anticipated with Giannis, um, but I don't think he's missed um, any more than 10 games, likely fewer than that in, in any of his seasons. So I this is the hardest knock on wood I've ever given, um, so to speak, but um, compared to other players such as 
on the Brooklyn Nets, for example. Um, I'm more comfortable saying that Giannis will play more games um, in the regular season. Plus, uh, Giannis uh, will play hard every single night. Um, he doesn't really seem to have a, as much of a lower gear as others might. We'll see if that changes now that he's won a title, but uh, that doesn't seem to be in his makeup. Um, so yeah, no wholesale changes like last year. Um, after all, bringing in Drew Holiday was it was an enormous adjustment for this team. Um, as much as much of a plug and play guy that Drew might be on both ends of the court. Um, I don't know, just bringing in someone that important um, to your team's uh, viability might uh, might uh, make some regular season wins a little sketchy. Um, but yeah, otherwise our um, George Hill bringing him back as someone who um, can at least be an upgrade at that backup point guard spot, I think bodes well, at least for the regular season as well, and potentially will help out guys like Drew and Chris, who um, played quite far into the summer, um, joining the Olympic squad just days after winning the title. Um, that in of itself might be a reason to give pause on the Bucks' chances, but um, seems that the Bucks have added some depth, at least for the regular season, as I keep on saying. Um, that, uh, yeah, that might help, help us keep going in a positive direction. Um, plus the, the Bucks do know that the, that the Nets are right on their, right on their backs as well. Um, so I believe that both teams will be fighting to try and get that top spot and secure a home court advantage, which means that. There ought to be more regular season wins from both teams um, than otherwise. Um, worth mentioning that at least Kevin Durant did have some comments um, on the Nets being the outright favorite to win the NBA title, which um, you know feels even more like sacrilege um, than before for me to say that I agree with them being the favorites, but. That's definitely the consensus, and Kevin Durant pushed back on that a little bit, saying, um, reminding everyone that that they only got out of the, uh, that they didn't get out of even the conference semifinals, and that was after he had to play uh, 48 minutes. So they know that they still have have a lot of work to do. Um, not to mention that the biggest question mark uh, for the Nets at this point, if not injuries, is Kyrie Irving, who um, as of now will not be able to play the uh, 41 home games in Brooklyn if he does not get vaccinated. Um, now, since we last recorded, really from the beginning of the week to the end, the NBA went from a 90 to a 95% uh, vaccination rate and um although perhaps nothing would surprise me with Kyrie Irving I would probably put my money on um especially guys with of his stature eventually succumbing to peer pressure if not from the media from their own teammates to um make sure that they can play um 
those other 41 games at home because Brooklyn, New York, and uh, San Francisco uh, does have vaccine mandates for uh, those will those who will be in the arena. Um, of course, Andrew Wiggins is still a holdout from there. He was quite contentious with the media before, unlike what most people have seen from Wiggins being um, a little more mild-mannered uh, to a fault. Um, he showed a bit more of that killer instinct that people would have uh, liked to have seen from him on the floor, but instead he he displayed a bit of it to the media, and that's I'll be a little a little dramatic. Uh, it is true. Wiggins was a bit more testy with the media than than ever before. Um, yeah. Otherwise, getting back to the preview a bit, um, you may notice I I was probably a little skeptical before, but. I'm starting to dr- to drink more of the uh, Bucks New Editions Kool Aid and accepting that Grayson Allen is uh, very much the favorite to be the uh, game one starter. Although there's a chance for Pat since his stock has risen from the title, I think um, yeah, I think it kind of goes along with um, with kind of the logic for us starting Dante last year, even though. Dante was already with us, and we had more confidence with Dante, um, just because people usually do with their own players. Um, I think the logic remains the same for Grayson, that Grayson just has uh, kind of a wider skill set. It doesn't give up um, much, if at all, uh, compared to Pat on the defensive end. So I think he can just unlock our starters even more with... um, with a little bit more game um, off the bounce, off the bounce than Pat. Um, not to not to try to compare um, the two uh, white guys' athleticism because they are they are both uh, two white men that can jump, um, especially Pat. But I think Grayson can just do a little bit more, uh, a little bit more with the ball in his hands, uh, even if you don't want him taking. Uh, some Damian Lillard step backs. Um, and then let's not forget that George Hill led the league in three-point shooting percentage with 46% when he was with us two years ago. And although he's been quite up and down in his later years, um, such as when he was with some lesser teams in Cleveland and Sacramento, he was not as effective there as people expected. But then when he was with the Jazz before he got hurt, um, I believe he averaged close to, if not 20 points per game, which was exceeding expectations, um, such as um, what he did with, uh, I believe, the Bucks in the regular season before with leading the league in three-point shooting percentage. Um, perhaps the scheme also helps that. Um, let's not forget Bryn and Bobby were, um, I believe, in the top, top 10 in three-point shooting percentage uh, still at the end of the year. Um, and with Hill still being at 38.8%, very much a respectable percentage on lesser teams, uh, there's reason to believe he can be uh, at that 40% mark again. Um, I wrote down literally anything out of semi Ojale or Rodney Hood. I believe that Ojale will give us, um, will definitely um, provide 
provide something of sub- substance on the defensive end. My pushback before was just whether or not it could um, hold up to the level of P.J. Tucker. But um, the P.J. Tucker loss that, I was, that I've been so down on for several weeks now, um, it's worth mentioning that that um, that isn't likely to come into play until the postseason because um, PJ is more of that 16 game player. Um, so it very well could uh, come back to bite in the playoffs when we when we need it most. But as far as these over unders go, it helps out the Bucks. Um, and so yeah, more importantly, I should have noted it's um, if we get literally. Uh, any percentage of what Rodney Hood um, has been in the past, I think that will help us as well. Even if we can get, um, if, even if we can get some spot ten minutes out of Rodney Hood here or there, if our, if our offense needs a spark, um, that would be more than enough from him. And we've seen in the past that the Bucks' offense uh, may need that. Um, so yeah, I think that is pretty much um, all I have in terms of a season preview. Like I said, I feel like we've kind of been doing this for quite some time this off season as a strictly Bucks podcast or show. But um, since these are the times, I figured it was worthwhile. Um, Lastly, since I'm staring at it, I'll just go through my projected um, Bucks rotation. That is uh, with the starters, uh, Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. And then um, the second unit I have for day one um, as George Hill, Pat Connaughton, um, Nominally, nominally, I have Rodney Hood as next up at the small forward position, but um, I'm not quite sure if he will be um, top 10 for us in minutes um, based on availability and productivity. However, I, I don't see Semi Ojale or uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo as small forwards as their best position. I put them both at power forward behind Giannis uh, in that order, uh, Semi than Thanasis. Um, but Thanasis did impress before, so if if either of those two guys uh, don't pop for us, um, I'm comfortable with having Thanasis in, even if it's if, even if it's just in that last minute of the game to try and muck things up and end the quarter on a positive note. And finally, Bobby Portis, of course, as our uh, fan favorite and stellar uh, backup center, whom I famously was pessimistic about. Um, going into last regular season and that really um, did not age well. So I hope to ride that momentum and have uh, Hood and Ojale because I also wasn't that excited on Brent Forbes. I ironically um, uh, expected the most from DJ Augustine and Tory Craig last year. So if the trends continue, Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale could be very valuable for the Bucks off the bench. But I'll knock on wood there for good measure. Now, there has still been a bit of news uh, coming out of uh, training camp or immediately before, and that was uh, the Athletics' Eric name sharing that um, we have 
let's see. This isn't in chronological order. But Eric Name was the one who shared the news that Elijah Bryant, familiar name, will be returning to the Bucks on a training camp deal after he and Mamadi Diakite were waived. Um, so that's very exciting. Um, there will be one other name that I name here. And in addition to the two other um, guys that we already had on training camp deals, um, that will be fighting for that 15th spot. But there's a good chance that none of them will end up being signed at the beginning of the year, and the Bucks uh, might just be happy going in with 14 guys. They won't pay any penalties at 14, uh, just like they didn't last year. Um, so in terms of cost savings and luxury tax, it may help to just go in with 14 guys and maybe sign someone else later on in the year um, once it's more apparent what particular needs they may have. Um, but I very much enjoyed Elijah Bryant, the player. Um, of course, he had some other off-court ignorant comments on COVID-19 vaccinations. Or comments. Rather, he just had a silly meme that I don't even know if I understood fully. And I think I articulated poorly on the show. Nonetheless, um, just like to remind everyone that technically... With no uh, minutes or games play restriction, Elijah Bryant was second amongst rookies in points and rebounds per game, eighth in assists per game, and second in minutes uh, per game in the one game that he played last year for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I believe this was the one really late against the Chicago Bulls. Yes, this was the controversial, rather the end of last regular season, the uh, Bucks gave it to the Miami Heat, and um, there was a lot of drama surrounding that game because the Bucks were scheduled to play the Heat in the first round, which was naturally scary at the time, um, given the 2020 Bubble Eastern Conference Finals embarrassment. Um, so we were expected by some to... Um, unofficially forfeit that game and just play these guys like Elijah Bryant. But um, for pride's sake, we ended up winning and essentially guaranteeing that we would that we would play the Heat in the playoffs. So the following game, I believe the last game, would not matter against the Bulls, and that's where um, that's where uh, guys like Elijah Bryant got in to get some stats. Uh, now, the next training camp news that I have um, is a, another familiar face, but definitely less familiar to the newer fans that we have. Um, and the new face, or familiar face, whatever, tomato, tomato, um, Johnny O'Brien, the uh, center slash forward who played uh, two seasons with us back in 2014. Um, yeah, the 14-15 and the 15-16 season. Um, he is really a mountain of a man. Uh, I don't know quite how tall he is. He might only be something like 6'9", but I know um, he was, uh, yeah, he was built, uh, to say the least. Um and rumor has it, I 
this will just be an unnamed Twitter source because I couldn't find it, but I heard that um, since perhaps playing overseas, Johnny O'Brien, like many big men, has been working on his three-point jumper, and I think that that um, obviously would unlock a lot for uh, Johnny's game. Um, however, again, this isn't to say that that he um, he is a lock to be our 15th guy and for us to take on more luxury tax payments and bringing on a 15th guy. Um, but he's enormous. He'll definitely, um, he'll definitely grab some rebounds. He can definitely score when he gets down low. Maybe he can hit an open three. Um, however, that prototype also is not, um, is not usually a great defender in space. Um, the lack of height I just mentioned, I'm not sure if that also would imply that Johnny O'Brien is more groundbound and may not be the rim protector that some may want at the center position. But you know, in the end, um, first time I'm saying it with training camp guys, uh, not super consequential for the Milwaukee Bucks, but still fun nonetheless to see 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 that name again. Now. Um, a little, a bit more of a tangential um, Bucks uh, names. Uh, Bucks topic for you is uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder um, uh, claiming Mamadi Diakite off of waivers, which um, is impactful for the Bucks in that um, I memory serves me right. Uh, Mamadi may have had as much as uh, 500,000 uh, guaranteed with the Bucks um, when we waived him. And when a player is picked up off of waivers when they're cut by a team, um, instead of waiting for someone to clear waivers, um, that means that the team that claimed Mamadi off of waivers, in this instance, the Oklahoma City Thunder, will just take on uh, Mamadi's uh, previous contract that he was, uh, yeah, that he had with the previous team, meaning that $50,000 that was guaranteed will not any longer be on the Bucks books. Um, so sincere thank you to the Oklahoma City Thunder for, um, you know, potentially saving us around a million dollars on that, but it doesn't end there with OKC Thunder either, um, who signed DJ Wilson to a training camp deal. Um, uh, DJ Wilson spent 23 games with the Rockets after he was part of the PJ Tucker trade in which he um, averaged uh, 6.1 points per game. Uh, Leaf started one game for the Rockets and... I just thought it was interesting that um, on a training camp deal that DJ is on and Mamadi being claimed off of waivers, that would technically um, put Mamadi ahead of DJ in the pecking order in terms of uh, uh, 15-man rosters going into the season, which um, I don't know. I guess this might be the last you'll be hearing from the DJ Wilson hype train um, from yours truly, but I think... I think I would rather have DJ than, than Mamadi, if I'm being honest. I think DJ is 
um, is just a much more versatile um, player. Um, I trust his shooting more. I trust him defending in space more. Um, whereas Mamadi is just, I think, um, more effective as a true big man. Um, but he has less to offer, um, even if he is still uh, mobile for a big guy and can knock down an open three. I would just prefer to have DJ. Um, worth mentioning, Mamadi is a is an older uh, second-year guy at 24 years old. Um, however, I don't think DJ necessarily came in as a super young guy himself. Uh, I don't think we draft... I'm fairly confident we didn't draft him as a freshman, so... He, he could very well be older than, than Mamadi, and that also comes into play um, with young guys and teams that don't project and will probably purposefully be trying to lose games <laughs> uh, in the OKC Thunder. So I get why it is the way it is, but I just wish the best for my guy, DJ. All right. A bit more news, this about uh, affecting everybody in the NBA, and that is per the Athletic Champs Surrounding. Uh, the NBA Board of Governors uh, voted that the coaches challenge will be the only method uh, of reviewing out-of-bounds calls um, with less than three minutes to go in games this season, um, which will definitely um, improve uh, casual fan engagement. Um, and speed up games, which overall I think will improve the product. But um, again, I think that this could that that this might come back to bite uh, some teams going forward if uh, if we decide to use our challenge with uh, a little more than two minutes left in the game, and there is there is an egregious call um, that that affects the outcome, but. You know, if that happens in one out of 82 games, um, then it won't matter quite as much. Um, however, these rules also will carry into the playoffs, so then it could um, hurt hurt a team a lot more. And maybe that's how we'll see these rules start to go back the other direction in, um, in using up more time to try and get the call right. But... Um, in the end, I think it's a good thing, um, and I think it's encouraging that the NBA and the competition committee seems to be um, truly listening to its fans in ways that they can improve their product. Um, on that note, the NBA has also announced that that there will be a change uh, in officiating in terms of interpreting uh, overt, abrupt, or abnormal non-basketball moves by offensive players with the ball. Uh, in their hands, an effort to draw fouls. Um, you can clearly tell there are some guys that this is uh, especially pointing at, that being um, Trey Young, uh, James Harden, Luka Doncic. Um, I mean, but of course, not limited, not limited to them at all. It's just, um, you know, in other ways of, of the game, having room for improvement. Um, it seemed that for a bit, the league had gone a bit too far and, um, and giving, giving the advantage, um, even more so to the, to the offensive player. 
As far as the Bucks are concerned, I don't think that this will um, ruin them one bit. We're um, um, we're a lot, we're a much bigger, uh, more physical team. So this will probably prove to help us uh, a lot more than it would hurt. Um, and yeah, just hurt our our opponents a lot more since I just mentioned uh, the Nets, the Hawks. And yeah, I the one guy that some might have thought about um, on the Bucks having trouble with this rule call would, would be a Chris Middleton because he's um, despite his size at uh, what like six eight, he's he's a little more finesse than physicality than some may like at times. But um, I I don't think he's I don't think he's uh yeah he's not one of the biggest. Um, violators of this um soon to be rule so and he even had comments that he thinks it's good for the game um to uh empower the defense a little bit more and not only that it's um this rule isn't necessarily about um giving advantages to certain players i guess in part removing certain unfair advantages but at the end of the day it's about um putting the best product on the floor for the fans. Um, Cause after all, this is all about uh, money and entertainment anyway. So um, yeah, fans ruffle enough feathers. Um, changes can be made if uh, the league is listening and the league has shown uh, that they are. So I touched just there on the Brooklyn Nets um, a little bit and when James Harden, but there's also news around Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, I did share that he um, could not attend media day due to health and safety protocols. And as of now, um, does not seem if something does not change, he will not be able to play um, at Nets home at Nets home games at Barclays Arena. Um, but. If I had to put money on it, I would say that he is too important for the Nets for um, for him not to get pressured at least um, enough to finally take the vaccine. And um, because the Nets do have a lot to prove after losing in the conference semifinals last year, no matter uh, how many how many excuses uh, they have. And understandable excuses. We won't um, stray away from that. But then again, Kyrie might be the most unpredictable guy in the the league. So uh, granted, it's still the offseason. So people will um, will, uh, think uh, as disastrously as they can um, in terms of hypotheticals. And more likely with a guy like Andrew Wiggins or a Trey Burke, who's another uh, hold out, I believe, in terms of getting the vaccine. Um, although, pardon me, Trey Burke is in Texas, so Trey Burke can play in any uh, Mavericks home game as it stands. But regardless, he still hasn't the vaccine, nor has Andrew Wiggins, nor has Kyrie Irving. And if a guy um, isn't able to play 41 out of 82 games, uh, there's, it stands to reason that it could be worth it for a team to trade him for something, even 51% of his talent 
if he can't be there for 50% of the games, um, and if they remain stubborn. Um, however, there has been uh, speculation from NBA analysts that uh, Kyrie Irving's trade value is non-existent at the moment, not at all having to do with his prowess on the court, but with um, just how much of a wild card he is. Um, and of course, the understanding that it will take um, heaven and earth to acquire a guy like Kyrie Irving um, still because of his talent. So a uh, familiar face or name that we've touched on all off season, just like everybody else in Ben Simmons. So there's been uh, discussions about uh, what if there were to be a Kyrie and Ben Simmons swap because Kyrie Irving could play in home games if he were to be a Philadelphia 76er. Um, this is, of course, the Instagram clickbait of or 2K trade that is very unlikely to happen and is just um, flashy and fun for 2K simulations alone. But um, you can see how, how it could make sense for the Brooklyn Nets if you remove the fact that um, Katie and Kyrie, Kyrie Irving are best friends. Um, Simmons is an all-world defender, and that's an area that um, the Brooklyn Nets could stand to improve on to increase their playoff ceiling. Um, they also have uh, ample shooting around Ben Simmons to allow it to still work um, in the playoffs. Or, well, yeah, in the playoffs, but uh, on offense. However, um, yeah, if, as far as talent goes, Kyrie Irving is very much in the ilk of a Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal in the, um, you know, in terms of talent and also the pipe dream of the Sixers being able to um, get that much of a return for Ben Simmons right now. Um, plus, if we're considering the um, the off-court drama that Kyrie Irving brings, I don't know how uh, excited Philadelphia would be to bring in um a guy like Kyrie after dealing with the biggest shit show um, in recent uh, in recent NBA stories right now, um, Ben Simmons. Um, and also, Joel Embiid has quite the large personality himself. So if he and Kyrie um, encounter any disagreements, which is essentially... Um, you know, which is almost inevitable um, when you have such high aspirations like uh, the Sixers would and do with Joel Embiid. Uh, yeah, it stands to reason that that a Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid pairing could blow up uh, just like it has blown up with Simmons and Embiid. So that's, I would say, plenty on that because that is uh, quite a large uh, hypothetical. Lastly, um, maybe the biggest piece of news this week, um, certainly outside of vaccinations, is that the Athletic Champ Sharania shared that the Sixers have not paid 
Simmons the $8.25 million that he was owed uh, as of yesterday, uh, October 1st. Uh, I'm recording right now. Uh, it's 2.38 p.m. on October 2nd. And yeah, it had been advertised that Simmons' contract was quite front-loaded in terms of salary payments and uh, the calendar gear, but I didn't. Ex- I did not think it was this extreme. I would have thought it would be in the news earlier, but Simmons had already taken up enough of that um, to date. Um, but yeah, it, the news is still telling us that. Despite the $8.25 million sitting on the table uh, and counting, he does not plan to show up with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, And, of course, everyone believes that Simmons will eventually get the money that's coming to him. Um, It just will have to come um, once Simmons or uh, the Sixers, more likely Simmons, reaches their endgame and Simmons... Uh, ends up on another team. We'll just have to see what the return is. Um, you know, talks and drama between him and Embiid are escalating. It is worth mentioning um, because Simmons revealed that he um, that he does not want to play. Um, with the Philadelphia 76ers because of his fit with Joel Embiid. He says that it's nothing personal, but it's not conducive to um, to uh, him succeeding on a basketball court. And that um, certainly gave Embiid uh, a lot to play with. He's someone who likes to get in the last word, and he said that he found that... Um, ridiculous and disrespectful because um he saw getting getting a guy like al horford for quite a large payment himself was all about um was was all for ben and getting a big man who can who can shoot and pass um joel Embiid also said that um the reason for them getting rid of jimmy butler which he which he reiterated was a mistake for the 76ers was all because uh, ben Simmons wanted the ball in his hand, and I don't think there's a, I don't think uh, Embiid said anything wrong in those comments either. Um, I know there had been um, some articles put out there recently, but from guys like um, Moda Keel and Kevin O'Connor about um, the possibility of Simmons getting his own team. Um, like Giannis um, getting a team that's tailored around him, basically um, having four shooters around Ben and uh, yeah, just more versatility around him like the Bucks have done with Giannis. But there is, of course, pause there because uh, Simmons doesn't put the same pressure um, on the rim that Giannis does. Um, and of course, Giannis is at least willing to take jumpers, um, unlike Simmons. Um, I wrote a bit about this. Uh, pardon me, I wrote a bit about this this week um, in the comparison between um, Simmons to Giannis. And although aesthetically they look very similar uh, on the court and in transition, um, 
they don't they just don't quite execute the same um, as in the regular season last year Giannis got to got to the excuse me Giannis took nine point um, five three throws per game whereas uh, Simmons took uh, barely over ten field goals um, and also. In plenty more attempts uh, in the paint, um, Giannis also finishes at, at a much higher percentage than Simmons. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I don't think that su- would surprise any listeners out there either. So, yeah, I guess the waiting game continues on the Simmons front, but it feels pretty good as a Bucks fan to have the title under our belt, um, have the security in um our big three locked up um of course um dante will be up for free agency this year um but we have grayson allen as somewhat of insurance i would still uh put my money on him just being a one-year rental um but knock on wood if things go terribly wrong with dante um or he's unhappy with us we do still have Grayson, um, and there, then there's also Brooke Lopez, who is going to be a free agent, if not this summer. I'm more inclined to believe it will be this summer after, but um, for at least a few more years, we have our big three, and I don't know, even with um, with the turmoil um, in Philadelphia, I know I've belabored that point more than enough, but... Um, that just helps the Bucks even more potentially move up a slot in the standings because um, even with how great of an offseason the Heat have had and um, they look to be exponentially more deadly in the playoffs, uh, the consensus still seems to be that uh, the Bucks and Nets are um, in a much higher echelon than, than the cluster of uh, competitive but um, far from championship favorites in plenty of other teams in the East, like the Sixers, Heat, Hawks, etc. But we'll have much more to work with moving forward. Um, we have our first preseason game coming up um, on Tuesday, October 5th. Uh, if memory serves me right, it's against uh, Grayson Grayson Allen's former team in the Memphis Grizzlies. So I look forward to actually having some sort of game action to talk about again. Um, but with but with that, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.